Okay, honestly, Cappy's farts, they probably smell like cucumbers. It's fine. Yeah, I agree. Welcome to the Kuji Cast, episode 8. We don't have a title this time. <laughs> we'll figure it out. This is the least prepared that we've come into a podcast episode. We're just being true to form with episode 11. Yeah, this episode had zero spoilers before it aired. It didn't get a pre-screening. There were no spoilers on 2chan. It was just, you either go in raw or not at all. <laughs> So anyway, my name is Kat. Uh, I am an artist and I've done translation stuff for the fandom. It's on my Tumblr blog, Kato's on my. You can also find me at It's Kato on Twitter and also at Let's Kato for my live tweets. I'm Faye. My pronouns are she, her. You can find me on Twitter at Toy Money with two O's and then Doikuji on AO3. Uh, content warning for my stuff. It's shippy. We're, we're just really speeding through these intros. <laughs> no fluff, just coogies. That's a good episode name, though. No fluff, just coogies. <laughs> no fluff, just coogies. They're just pain. True, just pain. Oh, pain. Oh my god. We've got an episode to discuss. The final episode. Yeah, so it starts out, like, there's no intro song for this one. Just, it's like Utena... <laughs> the last episode of Utena doesn't have an intro either. It just goes straight into business. Yeah, it goes straight into the, the cliffhanger of the last episode with Toy walking into the mouth of Dark Kepi. With Otter Chikai. Ah, yes, Otter Chikai. <laughs> yeah, so he's like swimming down into this. It's like a galaxy darkness kind of thing, but with water bubbles. And he's swimming down. Like, Chikai is there telling him to keep going down to get out of the circle. And then Toy ends up at the bridge. Um, it, I think it's the soccer spot, too. Yeah, I think it's the soccer spot. And Chikai basically tells him that in order to... Um, well, he has to break his connections with... He calls them traitors. Like, look at how these traitors react and, and all that stuff. Which I think is... <laughs> it's definitely like I feel like Toy's subconscious kind of bringing up the words that Chikai used for the people around him you know how like his lackeys he called them traitors when they came and so Chikai is like using that same language here I think it's also like referring to the fact that god it's so weird it's the otter basically trying to trick Toy into thinking that they betrayed him by like bringing Enta back to life instead of giving him the plate yeah, like that. I mean, that hurts him because, you know, he doesn't, his brother, like he was trying to do all of this for his brother and he couldn't, even though he understands like why Kazuki does it. Um, but then I'm sure it's like trying to bring up all the, the pain that they had before, like Enta betraying him, um, you know, Enta wanting him to leave and then Kazuki like not listening to him and all that. I think it's just trying to use whatever emotions he felt during those those incidents against him. Yeah, Toy is, like, slowly going, like, turbo Zetsubo right now. <laughs> yeah, because I guess it's, I think the way it's framed is that his connection with Chikai is already gone, so the connection he needs to break is with Kazuki and Enta next. Mm -hmm. 
so he can successfully like escape this world and that's fucked yeah, <laughs> i just think that's super fucked yeah he basically wants to disappear because i think i think in both the anime and the novel they they kind of explain that toy is doing what happens when like a zombie loses their shirikodama so he's going to be erased from the world if he loses those connections which is a huge fucking deal for Toy because all this time he's been so afraid of being forgotten and disappearing, but now he just doesn't care anymore. Yeah, he's says he's just so tired. And I mean, I think when it comes to like the the whole erasing and being forgotten, I think a lot of it is meant to evoke Chikai's words. Like Toy has a very strong reaction to those words because that's essentially what Chikai's philosophy was, that once you die, you're gone. Um, everyone forgets you. So their survival was the important thing, and they wouldn't forget each other. They had each other to remember, um, and that's kind of what kept them alive. So now that Chikai is gone, Toy, I think, is thinking, there's nothing left for me. You know, I just might as well be forgotten. Oh, my God. <laughs> Good stuff. So, and then, okay, so then Otterch guy is, is telling him, you know, about how they're traitors, and then he's telling him he needs to erase himself from the past, and he covers the gun in dark keppy goop, <laughs> which makes it look really pretty. He, he hydro-dipped his gun. It's it, and fun arts and crafts on this show. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> So I guess it makes it a magical gun now that can erase Toy from the past. So like, he basically he has to go back through various moments in his own head or something, and then he like shoots himself, and that'll erase him from that moment. Yeah, also very significant that it's the gun he does this with. Yeah, of course, that's yeah, the gun as as a means to break connections. It's a fucking curse. This entire show is a fucking curse. Anyway, fellows. Would you do Otter Chikai? <laughs> yes or no? No. <laughs> I know you wouldn't. He's no, he's still Chikai. It's just he's he's absolutely a better looking Chikai, and I think that is significant. <laughs> if you look closely, I there was like a tweet in Japanese, but it was basically comparing the real Chikai to Otter Chikai and like how he doesn't have the eye bags as much in, as Otter Chikai and he looks more alive. He absolutely looks better as Otter Chikai. Toy vision. Toy vision, absolutely. I mean, this is his ideal Chikai. At least this is what the Otter thinks that Toy wants. <laughs> well, this is like Otter giving him what he wants in order to manipulate him. Imagine Toy just like snaps out of it and he's like, you're not Nissan, you're not nearly as ugly. <laughs> I think this is, we just have to accept that this is how Toy sees Chikai. Like we see we see the actual dead Chikai. <laughs> but Toy sees this, like slightly cooler and better looking Chikai. Now I'm just remembering that tweet I made where I JPEG'd the fuck out of Chikai <laughs> and I captioned it with this is what Chikai looks like to people who don't want to fuck him. Me. <laughs> That's absolutely what he looks like to me. So, yeah, Toy Toy has taken this gun and he's just going through all of his all of the moments that he's had with Kazuki and Enta, and he's just erasing himself from them. And Chikai is goading him on along the way, saying, that's it, throw it all away. You'll never have been hurt if it never happened to begin with, which is so... <sighs> it's so sad. But I think what's really important is that Kazuki remembering 
baby toy and like that moment they had is what essentially is going to save toy like kazuki finally remembers that moment he had with toy and so that's how he can have that connection with toy oh my god it's brilliant also ugh, otter chikai telling him you'll never have been hurt if it never happened to begin with and to betraying them it really did fuck with toy even though he didn't show it it's just ah uh, it's so sad yeah it really shows you i think just how repressed Toy is in expressing his emotions. Because, like, he tries to justify it to himself in the novel. You know, he's like, well, I understand why Anta did this, and I'm going to leave anyway, so I might as well fix things between the two of them. You know, he's not focusing on his own feelings at all. He never does. Toy, fuck my feelings, Kuji. Oh, he's such a small child. He, he He deserves so much better. Oh, God, and then we're back to... Otter Chikai. Looking evil. They end up at the soccer spot when Kazuki and Toy first met. Where Toy first dabbed at Kaz. And you see there's a shot of the soccer balls already in the water. So this is like when baby Toy, he's already thrown the soccer ball in the water. And he's getting ready to throw the Misanga. And then we see Chikai right behind Toy. And oh my god, he is shrouded in darkness and it's hard to convey this with words how this how this shot makes me feel let's let's start with horny okay well no we're not gonna start there (laughs) (laughs) it's just he's just it's so ominous and it's like chikai can look like that actually i feel like the dark chikai looks we get are more lively you know like when he's like cackling at the his the gangster guys before he's like gonna shoot them you know and this is just like dead deathly ominous the real chikai he he looks like he's having like some sort of fun when he's being a crazy person (laughs) but this is this is just i think it's worth also mentioning that like the presence of the lollipop while toy is there because Chikai, he doesn't use like aside from episode two, we don't usually see him with a lollipop in his mouth when toys around because he doesn't need it. That's why you don't see him with a lollipop once in episode nine. Yeah, lollipop is a is a toy substitute. Yeah, and you don't need it when you have the real thing right there. Yeah, I think it's also kind of interesting. I'm sure we'll talk about this in the inevitable lollipop episode. But Chikai's lollipop at the end of episode 10 is yellow in his mouth, I think. And then in this episode, it's like the red color. That's interesting. Yeah, I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll have a deep analysis on the lollipop colors eventually. But just a little thing to note. Yeah, it's interesting that the change. And then Chikai, he tells him. <laughs> it's it's it, it's going to be tiring calling him Otter Chikai the whole time. So I'm just calling him Chikai. This is not Chikai. Chikai would never do this. Chikai is a good brother, <laughs> even though he's completely shitty, but yeah. <laughs> he would never do this. No. Hot take. Chikai is a good brother, actually. Anyway, Chikai, he tells Toy, you have to shoot your younger self and the connection is gone. Once you do that, you're outside the circle. And Toy very slowly makes his way onto the bridge. And he starts reminiscing about how he wanted to become a soccer player and how his mom and his dad and his brother were always there for him. But then Chikai cuts in with, but mom and dad died and then you shot a man. And then he then he talks about how the only person who was left to hold his hand was his brother. You're still talking about that? I only used you. But Toy says, I was fine with that. Oh. It's... Uh, it's so much. Fuck. <laughs> 
in the novel, he says, that was fine with me. I needed to throw that stuff away. I needed the bad stuff that happened, all of it. Oh my god! Child. Child, please. God damn it. (laughs) Toy. So I see this as like, I think this is, you know, this is Otter Chikai trying to manipulate Toy by telling things, by telling Toy things that he's like been worried about. Like, I think there is certainly a part of Toy that thinks that Chikai was just using him and didn't really care about him. I think he mostly tells himself, you know, Chikai does care about him and this is for them. But certainly there has to be that that doubt in his brain and that Otter Chikai is like trying to use that. As someone who's like been suicidal at this point, but like your brain, it just sort of does that shit. It just sort of tells you all the things that you shouldn't be hearing. But in that moment, you think that you want to hear that stuff. Yeah, like, this is what he needs in order to let go. It's super fucked up. Yeah, so th- but this is not not real Chikai. Real Chikai didn't just use him. Obviously, as we can tell from, like, episode 9, he sacrificed himself for Toy. He loved Toy in his own horrible way. Yeah, and even when he, like, took advantage of their circumstances, like, he he would be able to, like, justify it to himself that this was both for him and Toy. Toy always had to factor into his shitty decisions. Yeah, and I think when you think about it, Chikai didn't really use Toy. Like, he used the Komomi's death for himself, but he never had Toy, like, do anything for him that Toy wasn't, like, asking to do. You know, because it doesn't seem like the weed business was something that Chikai really wanted him to do, but it was something that he insisted on, so Chikai, like, let him do it. But otherwise, I... I don't think there's anything that Chikai has him do that is useful to him in any way. Yeah, damn, damn that that conversation Chikai has with Enta. Yeah, it is very telling. Like the fact that Chikai says that Toy does all these things for Chikai without him even asking. Yeah, it's just been Toy deciding like this is what he needs to do for his brother, and I don't think Chikai <laughs> ever wanted him to do any of that. It's hard for Chikai to say no to Toy. That's so sad. Yeah, he's like, I think he's trying, Chikai's trying to do his own thing so that he can provide for both him and Toy. <laughs> and he's also, you know, trying to create some distance between him and Toy because it's, he can't, you know, he can't be like a terrible gangster if he has his little brother around him. It's it's like when a child wants independence and a parent is like, okay, I'll help with that. But unfortunately, Chikai is like a criminal, so his way of helping with that also happens to involve crime. But yeah, so I don't think Toy was really that useful to Chikai, so it doesn't make sense that he would use him. But that's obviously what Toy wants to think right now. And that the fact that he's like, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with just you using me. <laughs> I will write that essay on Sarazanmai and psychological masochism one day. One day I'll do it. And Toy will be a prime example. He will take up like ten fucking paragraphs. He's the poster child. (laughs) The poster child of psychological masochism. I hate it. And then we get into even more complicated stuff with them. So Toy stops just before he reaches his younger self, and Chikai says, Are you clinging to your connections now after you've come so far? And Toy turns around. This is a connection that I chose for myself. He aims the gun at Chikai and says, So I'm giving it up with my own hands. And then he shoots. And then money goes flying. And Chikai kind of like flies away, flies back, and 
turns into the otter just before he disappears. And he says, the bad guys are the ones who survive in this world. So what does that make you? Otter! <laughs> God, there's there's just so much in all of this imagery here. Like, you get shots of the boat, like, the ferry that Chikai died on. You get a shot of Chikai holding the gun, like, holding the gun to Toy, and then it flips when Toy turns the gun on him, and then it's Toy holding the gun on Chikai. And then the money, the money flying over the bridge like it did in episode nine. And just Otter Chikai, finally. Ugh. And Toy says, goodbye, Nissan. No. Good night, sweet prince. <laughs> yeah, I think this is Toy, like, he's, I think he's been giving things up for Chikai. These are all, like, he's always given things up for Chikai's sake. And I think this is him going, I can't give this up for my brother. I have to give it up for myself. Like, I, he couldn't, I think he already tried to give Kazuki and Enta up in episode nine for his brother, but he can't do it here. He has to do it because he wants to do it. Yeah, this is also like him. I think that line was also sort of him like letting go of Chikai. Yeah, not not entirely. Yeah, not entirely, but like that was the purpose of him like pointing, like turning the gun on him. Yeah, like letting him, letting Chikai dragging him down you know, out of connections, like he's letting that go. And he's deciding that he wants to be out of existence. It's really weird, because he's in this moment, he's not shooting Chikai and deciding I actually don't want to die. He's shooting Chikai, but still being like, I'm gonna die. Yeah. Uh, toy. But yeah, I think like, it, in commentary and stuff, like, like, Ikuhara talks about how Chikai was like a bad guy, but he's ultimately what brought the trio together over soccer. There's a lot of stuff that, like, in the in Toy's character song and everything, like, it talks about, oh, and actually in the novel, too, like, Chikai is still with him. Chikai is still, he still remembers Chikai, but it's not this Chikai that is bringing him down and trying to remove him from connections. It's the Chikai that, you know, he loves. Yeah, it's the, it's the Chikai that hugged him in the tunnel. Yeah. Aww. And the Chikai that held him on his shoulders during the Sanja Matsuri. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. We aren't even at the end of the episode yet, and we're already talking about Baby Toy. Anyway. Well, now Toy's trying to shoot Baby Toy. <laughs> yeah, Toy's trying to shoot Baby Toy. Don't no, trust no one, not even yourself. <laughs> but luckily, another Nichan has arrived. <laughs> Kazuki and Enta are there to stop him, and uh, Toy ends up shooting the Misanga on Kazuki's ankle instead. Yeah, after, like, three times of Kazuki standing in front of guns, he finally gets shot in the ankle, which I'm sure is, like, very owie, but it's not, like, nearly as bad as it could have been. Yeah, and I think that this is actually, in the novel, there's a line about, it's different from in the anime, where it's like, when, when the Misanga breaks, you get you can make a wish or something like that, or your wish comes true or whatever. And the Masang he shoots the Masanga and it breaks. Yeah. I think maybe that's why they chose the chose that wording. Very reminiscent of the dishes of hope. Yeah, Toy's like <laughs> Toy says I'm sick of you too. Toy is pissed. He's sick of these bitches getting in the way of him trying to die. But then Dark Kepi gets the gun <laughs> and he shoots baby Toy himself. And he looks absolutely ridiculous holding this thing. Oh my god. He's not even holding it. It's just floating with him. <laughs> Imagine this thing holding you at gunpoint. 
<laughs> I would be terrified of that. I would accept my fate. But even though Kazuki's leg is kind of hurting right now, he still picks up the masanga. He holds it in his fist. He gets up and he tells Toy straight to his face. Even if you cut me off, I'll keep reconnecting. And he ties the misanga back together. And yeah, the misanga that Baby Toy was holding disappears with Baby Toy. But Kazuki takes his own misanga, and they're going to use that. Kaz Toy's so fucking real, bro. And is there too. Anta <laughs> is also there. He tackled Toy and us in a fashion that was reminiscent of uh, episode five. I like a co- I like a good callback. So then Dark Cappy comes in and ruins everything once again, and he he absorbs the trio and brings him into his uh, graph paper world. <laughs> the, the outside of the circle. Yeah, these kids have been so desensitized to weird shit happening to them. It's fine. Four is a gateway drug. So they end up on the outside of the circle and they are forced to witness as their memories start to be erased. Because if Toy wasn't there to give Kazuki the Masanga, then Kazuki would have never joined soccer. He would have never met Enta. None of them would have been connected at all. And if Chikai wasn't there to get Toy into soccer, (laughs) then the show wouldn't have happened. So Chikai's the main character. Chikai has been the main character all along. (laughs) That's the twist in the last episode. I like Kazuki screaming, I need Kuji in the background, by the way. So what happens is their memories are like flashing back while they witness them. And they're kind of speaking over it with their issues. Yeah, Kazuki says, I used to want to go somewhere that wasn't here. Part of me must have been waiting for a hand that would pull me out of my stubbornness. I found a place where I could smile again. And then Enta says, I've always been such a wimp, watching from a distance. Part of me must have been waiting for my hopeless fantasies to get blown to bits. And then Toy says, I was never given the right to cry or laugh, and I let go of hope. Part of me must have been waiting for the lead-colored crime I had embraced to finally kill me. But then we cut to Toy, and he says, stop it. I don't want to lose them. Kazuki! Enta! He says their names! For the first time. Uh, golden trio real! But do we want to talk about what Toy's little monologue? I think the fact that he's, he talks about how he was never able to like laugh or cry. Because I think this is like, I mean, after he shot Yuri Kamome, I think he decided to, you know, he needed to shut down and he needed to never feel like happy or sad because he just needed to survive with Jikai. And like he needed to live for Jikai. And also he felt like he legitimately didn't deserve it. Another part of Toy's good old guilt complex. There's also like an element of Toy wanting to grow up way too quickly. Yeah, it's sort of touched on with like, there's like a little bonus manga that Miki did for I think volume three of the of the Blu-rays where it was Chikai offering Toy like candy, but Toy rejects it because he thinks it's childish and he ju- he just wants to grow up and be by Nissan's side and I- I'm devastated. And Chikai's like, you used to love these. Yeah. And then there's a little flashback of baby Toy with a bag of lollipops giving it to Chikai. Oh, 
I am not ready for episode four in manga form, or episode nine, or episode eleven, or anything. We're just we're just gonna die. And then Toy like just kind of always waiting for this that their like life of crime to eventually kill him. He's just been waiting to die. That was literally just what he was doing when Chikai pointed that gun at him. Like he and he, you know in the novel, I think we already talked about it, but he was like Chikai, I took I took my brother's life, so he should be able to take mine. But then, but then the power of love and friendship. The power of love and friendship compels him to say that he doesn't want to lose what's precious to him, and then we get a teardrop. Uh, bursting in a in a scene reminiscent to you know the the dishes of hope shattering, and also it kind of reminds me of Utena whenever they do the water drop on the ring thing. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Another thing that's extra heartbreaking in the finale. <laughs> so they activate the Sadazan Mai, and Kepi shows up out of nowhere, and he turns them into Kappa so that they can go back and give baby Kazuki the Misanga and complete the loop so that they don't forget each other. It doesn't make much sense logically, but fuck it. Why are you trying to think about this logically? That doesn't work. Just don't think about it. Don't think. It makes complete sense. It makes complete fucking sense. So they do the musical number, except it's a different- there are different lyrics and it's about, like, actually connecting. And as they're doing this, Kepi is- reuniting with his dark self by giving himself a rim job <laughs> and otter is like the final boss that they're fighting here and he says the classic line <laughs> i am an abstract concept <laughs> with the text on screen it's so <laughs> it's so funny if if you say that y you just don't get ikohara animes the symbolism is just too much that that is like the extent of symbolism in Ikuhara anime. It's like baby territory. Come on. <laughs> well, like the main symbolism is, is typically there, but then there's like smaller things like Chikai's lollipops. Yeah. <laughs> so the otter, he uses his influence to make everything dark so the boys, they can't see. They can't reach their goal. What are they gonna do? And out of nowhere, out comes Rayo and Mavu back from the dead. Holding hands. Holding hands with snazzy new uniforms. <laughs> and they say, don't let go of your desires. Gay fucking rights, baby. And they light up the path with a rainbow do you think they're gay i wonder <laughs> fellas is it gay it's so good it's such a good moment and then after after an utana and a pangodrum possibly yurikuma reference uh we see baby kazuki imitate a shot from episode one where t where it zooms into kazuki's eye it's very gorgeous and Kappa Kazuki gives the Misanga to him, and everything springs back to color, and it's gorgeous, and it's precious, and I love it! <laughs> everything's connected, everything's all connected, Kepi is all connected, he is fused with his dark self, and now he is a furry! Now he is a Bishonen. He, he is precious, he is beautiful, he looks really weird! We love it, we love it for him. Good for him! He has lipstick! He still has the weed eyes, though. And so then they they do the leak, but it's different this time. 
instead of linking back into the past. Hold on, let me let me look this. Yeah, yeah, like this is about to happen. Whereas previously it was like this is what's going to happen from now on. Like it was just talking about the Sarazanmai. Like this is just a thing they're doing now. But now it's like Kurekara Kurega Animas. And I think like last time it was Yadimas, which is like from now on they're doing this. But now it's from now on this is happening. And it cuts to the boys. They are older, they are playing a really big soccer game in a stadium. It's very exciting. We have all been tricked into watching a sports anime. <laughs> and um, in the novel, it kind of clarifies that their uniforms are like, are blue representing the nation. So it seems like kind of an Olympic type of thing. Oh my god, I'm, I'm so happy for them. But while this is going on, it interconnects with several images, several little vignettes of... For example, Kazuki with a broken leg, and he's depressed in his bedroom. There's also Toy in prison. There is Enta being rejected by Kazuki. There is Kazuki throwing away a photo of of Toy and Enta dabbing <laughs> without him. Uh, there, there's uh, Toy leaving behind the Masanga and leaving the team. There is the boys just arguing, but. Even through all of that, even after they tell each other, like, I'm sick of you, I can't stand you, I'm done with all of you, they're still running towards that goal, and Kazuki makes the final shot. And through all of this, they're repeating all of the episode titles. I want to connect, I want to connect, I want to connect, so I'm not giving up. Yeah, it's just, it's a scene that you have to watch, but it's just really well done. And they, they decide that, yeah, despite it all, like, no matter, like, through the hurt, they still want to connect. They still want to make it to the future. And then we see a shot of Rayo and Mabu with Sarah! With Sarah! And they tell the audience, what the boys saw was themselves of some time in the past. And that was the future of some time in the past. Which is, which is kind of confusing, but... says <laughs> <laughs> <is> absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> they say absolutely nothing that's right but i don't know i kind of interpret that as like that that's what the boys would be if they didn't put in the effort to like connect or something i don't know yeah it's like it's it's the possibilities in the novel it doesn't quite say that it says what the boys saw was a glimpse into the future said Rayo. mabu added one of the possible futures that await them Prince Kepi drifted down from the air above. For the moment, this world's circle of connection endures. However, there is no guarantee that the future ahead of them will always be a bright one. This is the overall message of the episode. Hope and despair are one with life. I love this shot of Sarah being crowned by Rayo and Mabu with little Kappa flying around them. It's very biblical. It's an artistic reference, yes, to the coronation of Mary. And then she turns (laughs) turns into... Her uh, her other kappa form, not the blob, her princess kappa form in a bikini. In a bikini. <laughs> so good. It, it looks so silly, but I'm happy for them. She and Kepi are happily married, and they invited Haruka to their wedding. Haruka's there, just in just in the middle of the night. <laughs> this little nine year old. He's like, I understand. <laughs> and yeah, Haruka gives the, the message. <laughs> I don't know why, but that frame is just so fucking funny to me. I get it. (laughs) The show is so ridiculous. 
So they tell Haruka, never forget that only those who connect their desires to the pain of loss can take the future in their hands. I get it. It's my choice. I'm going to believe in what I choose. It's because I have people I care about that I get sad and happy. It's like a, it's a really simple message, but it's so it's so powerful after the whole episode where it's like <laughs> Toy is experiencing the worst pain, but that's what connections are. And connections can also make you very happy, and that's just life. <laughs> connections are love. Connections are life. And connections can be pain, but that's like the beauty of having a connection instead of not feeling anything at all. It's it's almost as if connection is the A symbol in the series. No, I don't think that's what it means. What do you think it means? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you bitch. <laughs> uh, the A actually st stands for um, Kuji Bros. It actually is a reference <laughs> to Chikai and Toy. No, that's the ampersand. Oh, right. <laughs> I got mixed up. So basically, this episode and the ones before it, they're just like the worst fucking summer vacation these boys have ever had. <laughs> and to top it all off, Toy goes to prison. The next shot is like, is him getting his head shaved. I, I audibly gasped when I saw that. <laughs> It was it was like that scene in Mean Girls where like she tears the crown in two and he's like oh! <laughs> Chikai sees that scene from hell and like all of his like repressed man sadness he just starts crying <laughs> same his beautiful emo hair is gone so then begs the question which crime did Toy get arrested for? In the novel, and this is kind of what I always assumed, but in the novel it says that the gun is next to Toy. So they like all pass out after everything. They're just like on the street <laughs> and the gun is with Toy. So I don't know, I just kind of imagine like police coming to them, like finding them and like this kid has a gun. Yeah, <laughs> just possession of a weapon. It's, a re it's real easy, but Gekayo and I have an alternative theory. Okay. So Gekayo and I were talking, and Gekayo says, you know what else is illegal in Japan? Uncensored pornography. Now, you think you know where this is going, but <laughs> I had another idea. What if Toy redraws dicks for yaoi doujins? I mean, I support it. I think that I think Ikuni should have gone with that instead of the weed. Toy is a national hero. <laughs> so there are many options for what Toy could have been arrested for. All that matters is that he went to prison for three years. Well, not prison, Juvie. Yeah. It's also worth noting that Toy is just under the, the age of criminal responsibility in Japan. He's 13. Like, we mention that a lot, but it's significant here that he is just under that limit, so... His punishment could have been a whole lot worse. Just saying. So he spends three years in juvie. Yeah, and it flashes through, like, you know, scenes of him in juvie getting his head shaved and, like, standing there and uh, working out, working, <laughs> eating, sadly looking out into the sunset. Sewing sachets. Oh, and, and Stand By Me is playing through this. Yes. And we get the shadow shot, and it's just Toy there, and it's 
and uh, I'm crying so much. And then three years pass, and Toy is everyone says he's seventeen. I I guess even though we keep establishing he's thirteen, but whatever. Well, I mean, we don't know what time of year this is. Yeah. <laughs> All, all that matters is that three years have passed. Toy is more... Toy is a grown boy. And he goes back to Soxa because where else is he gonna go? So I think it's also worth noting here that Toy, he's like dressed like Chris Chambers from Stand By Me. He's got like the white shirt. He's got a bag over his shoulder. He's got the jeans. I, th- I think it's a clear reference here to Stand By Me. That makes sense. But what about the boots? It's very fitting for Toy to wear boots. Yeah. Well, in the image, it looks like he's wearing tennis shoes. But Toy, his boots got bigger, which is the most important part. Imagine him, like, coming back to Soxa with thigh-high boots. (laughs) It's so stylish. He's so stylish. What a good boy. Even after all these years, he's still the most stylish of the trio. (laughs) He can actually dress himself. Even after three years of prison. So yeah, he's riding back to Saksa on the train. Um, and it, it's kind of like showing... Well, first he goes to Sobakyu, um, And it shows his uncle, like, you know, putting up the, the banner in front of the shop. And Toy, in the novel, it clarifies that he's thinking, like, I should go apologize and ask if they'll take me in again. Um, but then he walks away. And then it goes to shots of Asaksa as he walks past, and it's reminiscent of Kazuki's introduction. And it all feels so wrong without the A symbol. <laughs> yeah, there's no A symbols around. Um, and there's one thing that I like in the novel. Um, so those who disappear are left behind and forgotten. Chikai's words suddenly sprang to Toy's mind. This city certainly had forgotten his brother, it seemed. He was sure it had forgotten him as well. So Chikai is still, you know, he's still... Thinking about Chikai. He's still with Toy. And then Toy says, everyone's connected in this world, but everything in my life is over. What's lost is never coming back. But then Toy tops off of the bridge and he says, and what's so wrong with that? Boy, can you stop killing yourself? (laughs) There are so many interpretations of what this means. What do you think? It's very complicated. Like, it's very... It's, like, oddly triumphant with him saying, and what's so wrong with that? It's him, like, not only, like, uh, saying, like, a big fuck you to Jakai's old ideas, but also his fear of being forgotten. Yeah, it's it's interesting because this is, this is the spot where he threw away the things before. Like, this is where he threw away the soccer ball and where Jakai thought that they threw away the gun. And so now he's kind of, like, throwing himself into that same thing. Yeah, and also where he attempted to throw away his connection with Kazuki and Enta. Yeah, but like specifically going into the water, like throwing things, something into the water to get rid of it. Also the same river that Chikai died across. <laughs> I hate it. But then as he's falling down, we get like a like a couple frames of him in the same like A symbol as Kazuki was at the beginning of the show. And you see, and you see the Sakura petals. It's Kazuki's symbol. It's very, very romantic. And then Toy splashes into the water, and we see the flashback screen. And Toy's just floating down, and he slowly opens his eyes and sees Kazuki and Enta. And they're big. They're big boys now. They're in high school. 
So they all get out of the water and they welcome Toy back and Kazuki said, we were waiting for you. And then Toy says, I'm sick of seeing you too with the biggest smile on his face. It's so precious. I love him so much. So they're all together. All the big boys now. They're happy. And they're playing soccer. Play soccer and it's just very triumphant. It's very, very sweet. They're all... Uh, it's hard to describe this with words again. <laughs> They're just happy. It's happy and it like like um, has shots to Rayo and Mabu. They're working as, what do you call it? They are rickshaw operators. <laughs> Insert clip of <laughs> Mike's DeClossa being confused over what a rickshaw is. And <laughs> uh, Kevin and Sarah are there. And it's like everyone said, oh, and Yantaro. Yantaro. <laughs> Natsuro! Natsuro! He's here and he has babies now! He's got three babies. He wasn't spayed or neutered. <laughs> Kazuki, you maniac! <laughs> it's so good. But yes, they're happy. This is the happiest an Ikohara anime has ever ended. <laughs> it's very happy, but like, I think... I was I, I was gonna ask, um... I think we should go into our opinion about the, the ending, but let's just end it with... So then the opening song plays... And then the very end of it is a shot of, um, well, actually, the the little there's like that ending part that changes, right? Where they're they were smiling and laughing like in the sunset, but then in this one, it's like daytime. The colors changed, and then you get to see the three shadows. They're together again. And then and then there's a little fairy going under the bridge, and the kappa are on it. It's so cute, and they say, "Off to the future." And also that shot, it was in the it was in the pilot PV that Aww. that they used to pitch the show. Mm-hmm. Also, fun fact with that PV, it has the fully animated Shiri Kodama extraction scene. That was the <laughs> first thing they animated for this goddamn show. Thank God. I love this show so much. Okay, so thoughts about the ending. Uh it was very weird. I'm also of the opinion that this should have had more episodes, but I, if that happened, I have no idea how they would handle the ending of this show. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, everyone would like to see more episodes for it. I mean, I think Ikuni should just get as many episodes as he wants. I don't care if he spends it on just random side characters or whatever. He can just let him do his thing. Give us give us filler episodes with, like, Nanami tier filler episodes come on of just kazuki being absolutely stupid and dragging toy into his antics and then to just having to deal with it but yeah i think you know just aside from that it didn't get enough episodes i think it was ultimately quite good i think they handled all the the plot points and i think it's meant to be left open and usually you have someone who really doesn't like the endings that are like, oh, it's up to your interpretation because it's like, well, I'm reading this story or watching this for you to tell me a story. Like, I want you to actually tell me how your story goes. You should decide. But the way Ikuni does his endings, I can approve of. Yeah, especially for Sadozanmai because the whole point is like, you don't know what's going to happen in the future. And we don't we don't have to know how things end up with these characters. We could just sit with like the solace of them being happy for now and being reunited. Yeah. And I think like 
I don't usually see Ikuhara's endings as being sad. I think it's kind of up to interpretation. Like, especially Utena's ending wasn't sad for me. It was very triumphant, <laughs> ultimately. Oh, yeah, it was absolutely triumphant for Anthony. Yeah. And like, but and then it, it they kind of lead you in a path where it's like, it doesn't tell you exactly what's going to happen. But it's like, here is this path that's going that they're going to take and you can decide how you want it to go, which I kind of like. And that's what he does here, too. Th- thank you, Ikuni. You you treat us with respect. And I think specifically as to plot points, like um, the prison ending for Toy, I think is ultimately, it's good. Like he doesn't deserve it, obviously. I'm sad that, you know, he has to be in prison. But I think it's good for him because when we've mentioned that he has this horrible guilt complex and he's always seen crime as like dirtying his hands. He kind of repeats that in like his character song the idea that his hands are dirtied, but he's doing it for Chikai. And I think he needs something to like give him this way of cleaning his hands, you know, to like make himself feel better. Yeah, it's it's sadly like proportional to the guilt he feels. Yeah, unfortunately. And I like it's for him. It's for his own I think Ikuni would do it for him. <laughs> but then also the fact that like Toy has associated connection with being together. Like that's his whole thing. He wants to be close to Chikai. He wants to be with him because that's how he sees connection. And he needs to see that just because you're not together with someone, um, you know, even for three years, you're separated from the people you care about. They're still not going to forget you. Like you're, you still have that connection. And that's, I think he doesn't quite realize that as he's going over the bridge and everything, because he's like, you know, I've lost everything. Because I think he thinks that Kazuki and Enta have forgotten him. But then they show him that they remember him and they were waiting for him and they care about him. And so he needs to see that connection does last even when you're separated for a long time. God, I love it. Mm-hmm. I think it's really good. We we only want good things for Toy. And this ending is very good for Toy. He, he is healing. Yeah, and like I, I do... I've seen complaints about... <laughs> like certain things but it's things that are always up to interpretation so like i've seen people complain that rail mabu didn't really come back to life they're just like spiritually there like it's their spirit or whatever and i'm like well you're you're just deciding that <laughs> you don't know they're there <laughs> yeah it's very much left up to interpretation like what is actually happening to them like you just see one shot of them <laughs> they're just operating a rickshaw it's not that deep. And Kepi and Sara are there and they didn't die. So <laughs> like, and Yantara was there and Yantara didn't die. So <laughs> it seems the same. And then also like people complaining about Enta's storyline with Kazuki, like it doesn't get resolved, but I think it kind of does. <laughs> I think it's like, it's supposed to be up to your interpretation what happens with them. I mean, the the whole thing with with Enta's character development is him like breaking out of the fantasies about Kazuki and he does that and it's a satisfying re- resolution to that yeah like he has a really really good <laughs> character arc and if you want to see that as romantic and I, I do see it as romantic because it's like you know episode 8 and 9 are about Enta and his feelings for Kazuki and Kazuki realizing Enta's feelings for him like he realizes that in episode 9 and then he decides that he's going to show Enta how he feels about him too and then in episode 10 you get them like you get Kazuki showing his feelings for Enta and like he's expressing them to Enta <laughs> and that's great and like you have these very direct comparisons of them and Rail Mabu but even like it's 
even stronger in this because Enta is like rejecting Otter. Like he could have Otter Kazuki and, you know, have his desire, but he chooses not to. He wants the real Kazuki. I just think it's very powerful. But yeah, and I think I think you could easily interpret them as being friends or as be as like dating in the future. There's nothing to suggest either way, I feel. It really works here because I think if there was like confirmation of like Kazuki and Enta start dating or, or Toy Kazuki start dating, like it, there would be this weird idea of like, well, now they're together forever and they have to, you know, but they're kids. They're like <laughs> 13 and 14 and that's not really how life works. And we don't want this ending that's telling us they're just going to be happily in love forever. We want them to be able to grow and change and like have their connection grow and change along with that. What you just said kind of reminded me of the Digimon Adventure 02 epilogue and how no one likes it. <laughs> Why? Because it doesn't leave it open-ended. And also, oh. like, it's just a whole lot of... <laughs> it's just a whole lot of shit that no one was like... That left a lot of people going, What? No! <laughs> yeah, like, in, like, Shonen manga. It's also that... I'm just I'm just glad that Sada's on my like readily avoids that. Yeah. Let's leave this to fan fiction. Okay. Like there's nothing like disproving it or proving it. It's like all up for you. Like they're happy together. It's all good. This is the most fa like fandom friendly show I've been a part of. Oh, definitely. Yeah. There's so much that you can do with the ending. And I think that's beautiful. Damn, what else is there to say? Do we want to debate should Chikai have come back to life? Oh my god, <laughs> I, I personally don't think so. Okay, explain. I mean, first of all, that death scene, if he did come back to life, I would have like punched someone in the face <laughs> because that death scene is like the best one that I've ever seen in anime. <laughs> and him coming back to life would immediately cheap it out. So at first, I felt like I do want Chikai to come back, but I think it's so, I think from a character standpoint, Chikai should come back to life because one, for Chikai's sake, like it would just ultimately prove that he's so wrong about everything ever. Like his whole thing is you only live once, so just, you know, do whatever. <laughs> and then he gets a second shot at life. And I think that would so not only prove him wrong, but also it would kind of calm him down a little bit. I think that that's kind of what it would take for him to actually try to see the world in a different way. It's like you are absolutely so wrong. And it would give him a chance to like develop and maybe be a better Nissan. And then for Toy, he wouldn't have to like he still went through the trauma and everything, but he wouldn't have to live with his brother's death and like knowing that his brother died to protect him, which is the opposite of everything he ever wanted. And I'm just sad for Toy. <laughs> you want to revive Chikai to make Toy happy, but also you just want to epically own Chikai. Yes, absolutely. But from a story perspective, I agree it would be really bad. <laughs> because, like, you know, we're biased because we see the, like, post-show Chikai, the Chikai rehabilitation door that he's taken. <laughs> but in the show, Chikai is really terrible and awful. And I think if the, you know general audience was watching that and Shikai came back they would be like why he's terrible this is bad for Toy. he shouldn't come back <laughs> so yes from a story standpoint it wouldn't work but I just want Toy to be happy we're not in the this week at the coochie fandom or the recommendation section yet 
but based off what you just said, there is already like a really good fanfiction series about that where Chikai comes back to life. It's by Useless Lilium on Twitter and it's on their AO3 account. They also just really do like a lot of good Kuji fix, including like a reverse age swap AU that I really like. It is Lil Shit Chikai. Just just go read it. Go read their stuff. It's really good. Just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> but yeah, I think like from a story perspective, their story is kind of ultimately about how sometimes you have these toxic familial relationships and it's okay to let them go. Like you can have friends, you can have an adopted family. You, they're just as important connections for you and you don't need to cling to this blood relation that you have if it's bad for you. And that's important. I just like Coogees. So along with like Toy being in prison for three years and having to learn that even though he and his friends can't see each other, they're still connected. Toy also learns that even if Chikai's dead, he's still connected to him. And that's really important for him. Yeah, there was in Takeuchi's interview, it talks about how like ultimately even after Chikai's dead, Toy keeps his memory alive and Enta because Enta remembers him and they, you know, they can keep Chikai alive in that way. They could keep him alive by shit-talking him. Toy would never. Toy would never, but Anto absolutely would. Toy needs to learn how to be able to shit-talk Chikai. That's that's the goal. He's just slowly unlearning Chikai's bullshit. Oh, I really like the fan works with <laughs> Ghost Chikai following Toy around. I love that. That's so good. They're really cute. I also love, like, the- there isn't much of it, but, like, the fan works where Chikai is a kappa- <laughs> yes oh my god that would be absolutely ideal ideal chikai resurrection arc he just comes back as a kappa in the kappa kingdom <laughs> and he he gets to visit toy and toy gets to hold him like a tiny little baby please please <laughs> that's all i want who's the oto oto now <laughs> he can head pat kappa chikai oh <laughs> he pours water on his dish <laughs> I thought you were going to say something else. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know what that would mean, but... <laughs> anyway, I don't think we have anything else to say on this episode, do we? No, yeah, I think that's it. Those are my feelings. Not a lot of feelings. So let's move on to this week in the Coochie fandom. Oh my god, this week has been a ride. So we have entered the new year. This is the first podcast we are recording in 2021. And it is the year of the ox, but it's also the year of the cow. So there has been a lot of fan art in characters in general being dressed in like cow kigurumis, cow bikinis, cow clothing in general. It's just a good old time for cows. It's very good. Absolute hell for the lactose intolerant. But of course, the Kuji fandom must get in on this. Yes, absolutely. So there has been a lot of fan art of Baby Toy in particular in a cow kigurumi. It's so cute. And, so, and just people on Japanese Twitter, they're just in love with Baby Cow Toy-chan. It's so good. Not even just the pictures, just the words. Baby Cow Toy-chan. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it's so good and the just the fan art is so cute 
I love basically anything that show makes, but that one where it even has Kauchikai. Kauchikai is also very good. I need to take a moment to objectify him real quick. Please don't. Please. No. <laughs> no. That is a nice slab of beef, sir. And by beef, I mean ass. Censor that. Put a bleep over it. <laughs> Fuck you. Cat <laughs> edits this podcast, so now you know <laughs> that I have no control over <laughs> what he says. I, I am the big gay cat that makes all the rules. <laughs> But yeah, that's what's been going on in the Coogee fandom. A lot of baby cow toy chant. It's so good. I'm so happy. I don't even think we can like spotlight just one artist because everyone wants in on baby cow toy chant. Yeah, a lot of people have done it. Totoko made some really, really nice art. I think it's of a gender bent toy holding Kappa Chikai. Oh yeah. Oh, it's Oh, that's so cute. It was very cute. And she's wearing like a like a cow kimono. Yeah. It's so cute. Adorable. And someone named Salty Cat on Twitter did this cow toy getting abducted by a UFO. I love that. <laughs> that me. see Neon did stuff. Oh my god, it's just all good. Kaneki has been doing a lot of baby cow toy. We love to see it. We love to see Toy Cha. <laughs> Oh god, it's good. Okay, that's- that's- see, for- this week in the Kuji fandom has been very good. It's gonna be a good 2021. Just ignore everything else going on. Focus on the Kujis. Yes, it's a- it's a good year for Kuji fandom. <laughs> Just can't wait- can't wait for Kuji week 2021. Yay! Yay! Oh my god, uh, Mozilla Firefox has stopped re- There we go! Hopefully that didn't fuck up the recording. <laughs> Okay, it's still going. Okay. Thank God. We're good. We're good. You want to just stop the recording? <laughs> God! Oh, it just ends right here. <laughs> On technical difficulties. How fitting! This year is great. <laughs> technical difficulties. <laughs>